Sound in sight. Seeking to identify, implement, and improve future training and employment opportunities for the blind and visually impaired. We are seeing the future for you. Hey y'all, welcome back to Sound in Sight. I'm Diamond. And I'm Trinette. <laughs> so, as y'all have seen from the last couple of episodes, we talked about resources and we did some introductions and told a couple of stories about blindness and what it could look like and all that. Well, now we're doing a little shift, kind of going into like live demonstrations, um, interactive and instructional type conversations, scenario building, um, and so much more. So that includes talking about devices, technology, skills, tips, tricks, and more on how to make the sighted world more accessible to you as a blind and visually impaired individual. Yes. And today we're talking about something I really want to talk about. What's that? We're talking about dots. Dots? What kind of dots? You know, those beloved dots you can read with your fingers called Braille. Ooh, I like Braille. Me too. <laughs> I use it every day. I mean, we kind of have to. It's everywhere. It's true. I use it for school and work, for daily living. You know, when people first started doing Braille, they used what they call a slate and stylus. <sighs> that dreaded thing. Yes. And it was difficult because you know why? You had to do everything backwards. <laughs> well... You know, they say, I think they say this somewhere, if you can read backwards, you're a pretty good reader. Hey, they also say if you can read something inside out, you know the subject. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, after the Slayton stylus, you know, people got, you know, as Braille grew and well be well known as our beloved maker, cold, cold maker, Louis Braille, which is why it's called Braille. Um, he, he invented the, the cold for us. But after the slain stylus became Braille writers. And one of the most well known is the Perkins Braille writer, which has its beloved Six major keys, a space bar, a, what I call, return key now, and a backspace. And unlike a computer, you can't delete, delete, delete. <laughs> but it does come with the eraser, and it has a carriage, and it makes a ding, just like a typewriter. So I use my Braille writer to do all sorts of things. I take notes for class, because I'm in school. I take, um, I braille out my grocery list, because I like to go to the grocery store and be independent. And I take my list with me, and 
then I get assistance. And every time I pull out my Braille list, the person who's helping me, the customer service person, is astounded how I can read and know what I'm looking for with a bunch of dots on a page. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I just laugh and, and and I jokingly will say, Hey, you wanna read it? <laughs> it's funny because I recently wrote a note for my physical therapist in Braille and he definitely cheated, but he figured it out. Oh. How did he figure it out? He pulled up a Braille chart and was reading it with his eyeballs. Oh. <laughs> now that is cheating. <laughs> but when you have the site, I say. Use it. <laughs> it makes it harder to learn because then you're going to be so used to trying to look at it. But certain certain things that have Braille on it, you can't really see the dot combinations that well. Right. Because of the color scheme. Yes. Now, unlike computers, you can't change the background. Mm. No. Because <laughs> it wouldn't help you anyway. There's no dark mode. There's no inverted colors. But see, Braille has advanced. Did you know this? I think I've heard a thing or two about more advanced ways to use Braille besides paper and uh, the Braille writer. Well, they have these wonderful things called note takers and um, Braille displays. And these things are awesome. Computer, computer Braille. I mean, so if you're one of those people, even though you've lost your sight and you're computer savvy, I know you can say, hey, I can get everything on audio. But what's the fun in that when you can scale, like say you want to read a line in, in, in a book that you're in a class, you can go back and find that line through a Braille display or a braille note taker because you can take notes you can these braille note takers are amazing diamond i mean you can you can take notes on them but you can also produce a word document what yes so and, with the braille note taker does it also if you're reading a website does it show you in braille yes with like so there's a display on the note taker that ha that'll show you what you're reading in Braille. Yes, most definitely. Oh. Okay. And not only that, they have also other devices that you can navigate your phone with and create mm -hmm. um create appointments and and different things and reminders and you can navigate it with a a little Braille display. Hmm. I have one. It's called the Orbit Reader. It's <clears throat> so awesome. Yeah, I remember you showing me that a few weeks ago. That was real cool. It is really cool. I, uh, I'm i really excited to definitely do kind of like a live demo and have a conversation about that. So It would be great. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we should do that. The other technology are the larger Braille displays, like the 40-cell um, Braille display, which is kind of a desktop item. And it pairs up with the computer, and you can navigate 
I have seen people navigate different screens quickly using this Braille display. Hmm. And in jobs like at the IRS or mm-hmm. computer jobs or desktop support jobs, and all of these people are blind and they're doing these wonderful, wonderful things with Braille at work. Well, okay, so now that you've mentioned work and you did school a little bit, um, I guess let's talk a little bit more about different ways to use, let's just start with school. Different ways to use Braille in school settings, so like classrooms, teaching, etc. Okay. So, most of us take more than one class at a time. So, we have to have different folders and things to hold our documents. Mm-hmm. And yet, we do get a, what we call print document. But they have these scanners and these um, Kurzweil readers that we can scan it in and print it as a Braille document or just to show up on our Braille display. That's cool. It really is because it makes the world, the sighted world, the print world accessible Mm -hmm. to the blind. Um. I have seen people in class just typing away on their Braille note takers, just taking notes as everybody else in the class is writing their notes. This person, and myself included, will be typing their notes using a Braille note taker. And the, the, not only do you read the Braille display underneath, but you're using the braille keys to make the words and sentences come to life. So, would you say that for a blind person, because in braille there are contractions that stand for a single word, some for like multiple letters, would you say that it's quicker in a way to braille it versus like trying to write? Yes. I think so. Okay. And and I know sighted people, they do use some shorthand. Give me, of course. you know. Yeah. But at least we don't have to struggle to go back to find out what did we write? Well, of course. Well, I mean, I guess I was mostly asking for those uh, individuals who still have a little bit of sight and who maybe have to, like, write real big or yes. use, like, a bold point pen or a dark tip pen or maybe even a, like a sharpie to take right. notes. Um, this, would, uh, this would come in handy because there's no smudging. Mm-hmm. There's no um, there's no um, wondering what you, like I said, wondering what you typed. Because it's right there in, in bold braille because what we call computer braille will show up on your, your braille display, your note taker. And you can go back over what you've typed. Okay. Um, and as you type, the the words come up. So you can say, ooh, I need to add this. So you can just go add it. Or when you go over your notes, like anybody does, you can, you can um, modify that document. And even though it's for yourself, mm-hmm. you can still modify that document. But what's the great part is that 
not only can you take notes with this note taker, like I said, you can create a Word document with some of them. I have one called Cubrail. Cubrail? Yes. It's one of the best note takers. It functions just like a computer that I can create Word documents. I can copy, cut, and paste with it. Just like I'm using um, Word. So is that a standalone or? It is a standalone. Okay. But what I can do is I can attach it to say, pair it up with my computer. Mm -hmm. I can save documents to my computer and transfer documents. So say I'm in a meeting and I have something that I need to be translated into print. Mm -hmm. But I've done this whole thing in Braille. I can send it to my computer. It'll, it'll take it. It'll copy it. It will print it and print for me. All right. So it makes it so much easier. So, <clears throat> okay. So for somebody like me who, when I do get back in school, I'll be doing a lot of business classes. So there's a lot of notes, a lot of essays, research, etc. If I were to get one of these and do all my notes on it, but I want to go back and get them in a format that I can print and submit, um, or even turn into like a printed document to submit for whatever the reason the professor instructor may require, mm -hmm. I could do that. Yes, you could. Okay. Yes, you could. So... And it, all at your fingertips. Now, with that ability, is it just typing and you would have to format, go back and format it on like Microsoft Word or would you be able to format it as well? You can format it because hmm. it is it is Word capa capable. Okay. And so the formatting you can do and I have done, I've created documents, I've created letters that mm -hmm. I want to written and sent um, you can even use it to do like a Gmail I mean it is like amazing huh I have to look into this um... and so the difference between this note taker and um, say the Perkins right mm -hmm. the Perkins you can only type out, you can't delete, like I said. You can't, um, you can't turn it into print because there's no way to hook it up to a computer or a a um, printable um, um, printer. I think somebody told me that they have like digital Perkins now. I heard that. I I'm really interested in in viewing and, and seeing what that's like. I've never used one. Because um, I think, because I just recently got a Brailler purchased for me. Mm -hmm. And the standard one that's like a typewriter, you know, it's on back order. Yes. And they were talking about all the different other options. And I think one of them was like an electronic one you can hook up via Bluetooth to the computer. And so it's almost like you can use a Perkins... In the same way, you, you could use, like, what is it called? The Q-Brailler? Yes, the yeah. Q-Brail. Yeah, the Q-Brail. 
Um, I was like, that was interesting. I'm willing to look into that one one day. I am too. Um, you know, as as we grow more technical, mm-hmm. so is Braille. And I think that's wonderful because we don't want to lose what we have going for us in, in the way of being able to access the world through our fingertips. And yes, there is audio. And yes, we can sit there and listen and draw out and um, we can tape classes. But how tedious is it to sit and go back over a class after you've gone through all of your classes you have to do that to? Now, I did that in, in, um, in college. Mm-hmm. I did that. It was not fun. Recorded the lectures? Yes. You record them, mm-hmm. you go back over them, and you try to pull out the information that you need to know for a test and see all the other people, they can just look at their paper. Right. And so it made it quite tedious for me to have to go over those notes again and again and again to go backwards and forwards trying to glean the information. Yeah. So I used to do that, but I also used to like that I... I never took notes in class because I was the type who liked to ask a bunch of questions. And so when I was doing like lecture recordings, I would make sure I asked questions that I know for a fact that I'm going to go back later and type up in my notes. Mm-hmm. That way I have like a written out set of notes to look back on. Um, a lot of times I have my questions pre-written out because I've looked over the chapter ahead of time. So I right, know what I want to ask about. Yes. Um, but then there are conversations in class that aren't directly from the book, but it's maybe somebody in, somebody's interpretation of that chapter or a section of the chapter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, having a Braille way to do everything, especially like the Q Braille or even something I've heard people have been using too is like a Braille sense. Yes, those are really popular. Yeah. They are they are tiny. They travel well. They come in great cases too. Mm-hmm. And and people use them in school. Oh yeah. Um, my friend who just introduced me to it, they are students at the college uh, in Little Rock. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so it's just um it's just fun. Um I got um recently sent a demonstration of the Braille Sense 7. Huh. Okay, so... And so, what was so astounding about this, because people have been using these Braille Senses for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And I think the capability of computer um, capability is what everybody's looking for. And so we don't need a screen because we can't see one anyway, so these note takers are mm-hmm. pretty accessible, except for the cost. <laughs> <laughs> and this this Braille Sense Seven was like over two thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and and then you had to put like a a warranty on it, which was 
some more money mm-hmm. and then the case was the case was even like ninety five dollars or something. It was pretty extended. Yeah. You so know, expensive. With the bro suits, compared to like the Q bro, what what are you able to do on it? Um I think it's catching up with the Q Braille because it's becoming more of a word capable. So like a word processing. Device? Yes. Okay. Word capable. And and you're able to do a little bit more with it than you could before. Um these note takers are becoming so much more than just a note taking device. Um because when it started I had this one by, um, it was called an Empower, and it was by Humanware, mm-hmm. and it was a great little machine. Um, I had a QWERTY keyboard on it, and it had a Braille display at the bottom, because I was still learning Braille, so I could, I could type with a, a QWERTY keyboard, which is like the laptop keyboard, mm-hmm. and so I didn't have to know Braille to type. But Braille came out at the bottom so I could learn what the um, the note taker was, and what the Braille letters were. And so what I did was I would take notes, but I'd also play games. It had some great games on it. <laughs> <laughs> it had this, this wonderful game where you'd have to collect all these masks to win. But you were in some sort of big castle and you had to travel around and go east, west, north, south, up, down, right, left, you know, mm-hmm. just different things to to navigate. And so I learned what my directions were in Braille. Hmm. And it was great. It had a radio on it. It had a calendar and a um, phone book. Because I can keep my contacts in. Oh, wow. It, and it had a little dictionary in there if I needed to look up a word. Um, so it was great to start with. But then gradually I graduated and, and learned more. Really, really wanted more. And I found out about more Braille note takers and Braille displays. Um. See the Braille display, it can it can work, mm-hmm. but it needs the computer to function. And so some yeah. of them can work without it, but the capability is it has to work in conjunction. Okay, so just to clarify, a Braille display is something that it uses the Braille keyboard, and it has the, it has a display, mm-hmm. but it has to connect to a computer. Okay, so it's specifically used to display what's on our screen. Yes. Where a note taker, you don't necessarily have to have a computer. Right. But you can also translate whatever's stored on that note taker over to the computer to have a print version to work with. Yes. Okay. And they have these beautiful things called SD cards, which you can save items and put it into your computer. 
So you can. Oh. So that's another way that you can use it. You can type everything in Braille, save everything in Braille, put it in your computer, and um, you need a. I don't think you need an. Um, I think you do need a, a translation uh, program to go through and translate. Um, but speaking of translation and all those things, you know about the Braille printers. Yeah. Embossers. Mm -hmm. We have the Romeo and the Juliet, which are beautiful Braille displays, and they're also made by Humanware. And they print Word documents beautifully. So say you have this really beautiful um, book or poem that you want to share. Mm -hmm. And you're doing a presentation. You could print out that poem as many times as you want on that Romeo or Juliet. And as long as it's a Word document, it prints beautifully. So would you say something to that effect will be more beneficial in a school setting or a more workplace setting? I would say more workplace setting. Um, right now, I get my um, um, my church prints a braille um, copy of the upcoming events and everything for me at church in Braille because they have a display. Oh, wow. Um, they have a, a, an embosser and it's wonderful because anybody who's blind that comes to our church will get a copy of the program in Braille. Um, at one time, there was more than three of us that attended the church that were that mm -hmm. wrote that read braille and it was amazing <laughs> so does this braille printing device does it print in contracted or uncontracted braille you can do both both yes okay that's the great thing about it you can set it to print contracted braille or uncontracted braille That's what I like about it, because it can work at the level of the person that you're printing it for. That is amazing. So, okay. <laughs> so now that I have, like, totally, forget, forgive the pun, blindsided you, no. <laughs> oh, no, all puns intended. <laughs> we, puns we don't apologize for the puns on this show. <laughs> they come full force. Now, see, these, these Braille embossers, they cost $34,000 and up. $34,000 or $3,400? $34,000. Oh. Oh. I think I cried a little bit on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> they are not cheap because it takes a lot to put them together. Oh, yeah. And they're heavy. And pretty advanced technology, too. Yes. But see, there's something that you have to know about the embosser. Mm -hmm. It comes, it has to come with what they call a software to translate the word to, from print to Braille. And the best one I know of is Duxbury. I think that's 
the one that I've seen that's the most recommended. Yes. It's the most easily used. Um, so, a couple of questions. Because we've talked about a lot, and so I want to kind of give some perspective okay. to some different uses. Let's um, do it. So, kind of focusing a little more on the work side of things. So, as you know, I'm working on starting up some businesses, and there's a lot of selling of different items, such as drinks, food, merchandise, etc. Mm-hmm. So, if I wanted to easily make multiple copies of a menu or the available items for sale with their prices, the Romeo or Juliet would be the best way to go. Yes, it would. Okay. So, how quickly does it print? Do you know? It it takes a little while to print. And boy, you better be wearing your earphones, your ear plugs, because it's pretty loud. <laughs> but it's it's amazing, and you can sit there and listen to it. Mm-hmm. Most people don't like to because it is very noisy. Of course. Um, people try to muffle the sound. I have seen um, Braille embossers have their own room in, a, in an organization because <laughs> nobody can stand being in there. But it is very much worth it. Okay. Um, it prints out like a long sheet of everything, and it'll keep printing in order. Like, say you have a multiple-page mm-hmm. document. It'll print from first page to last, each one. And so your best way of knowing is to, like, number the pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can you can pull all the pages one through three, and then you go one through three, and and it has these these wonderful little side um, uh, that you can pull off, so you have a neat copy of it. Um, or you can use those to bracket it and put it in a a nice little um, booklet which I recommend because it looks very nice. Mm-hmm. So, you said it prints a long sheet. Are you meaning like, does it print, so I don't know how much content it can fit on a single page, but... It depends on the size of the paper because you have the 8 by 11 which I don't recommend. Mm-hmm. I, I recommend the wider sheets because you can fit more content on them. I think it's like the legal binding paper, so it's like, what is that, like a 9 by 13? Yes, 9 by 13 is is the one that we're looking for. Okay. And I know that some people like to print, you know, um, documents where you can print on both sides. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend it. Okay, so oh, I know what the question was I was getting to. So does it print one sheet at a time, or does it do like a long piece of paper you have to go back and figure out where it divides? Um, it prints where they have these creases in the paper. You know those, you know those wonderful things that you can go. Oh, the tear creases. Yes. Okay. So the the paper comes that way, and it's put into the display that way. Okay. The embosser, I should say. 
And so it'll print and it automatically recognizes the crease. And so it'll go below the crease once it's time to go to the next page. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's cool. It really is. And and it saves on, you know, how how you put your documents together. Like I said, numbering the pages and knowing what page you start and what page you stop and all that. So, and you can do all of that through the software, the Duxbury. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So I I've hoped that I have educated some. <laughs> I mean, you've definitely given me some insight on what to look forward to when I definitely kind of get my business like office space set up. Yes. Um, and we'll talk more about that. I mean, like you can have Braille on your doors. Oh yeah. Well, there's Braille. a lot of stuff that yeah. as we continue discussing making the sighted world accessible for blind people, we'll definitely be talking about for those who may be going the entrepreneur route, ways to make your office space accessible not only to you, but other blind employees mm-hmm. or your work, like your business space. Um, accessible to other blind customers. Yes. There's lots of ways. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, like, you can do braille labeling for all your files. Mm-hmm. You can um, have things in braille that you're offering to people, even though, you know, not all your customers are going to be blind. But if you have a high population of blind, I would suggest that you have everything accessible to um, to make it so blind can access your products. Right. Um, but you have to remember, a lot of us are tech savvy. That's true. And so any website you have, just make sure that the Braille um, people who can access them through technology can access that website. thinking you're thinking about dots always (laughs) always thinking about dots and speaking of menus I I do want to cover that um well next time yeah um menus elevators signs Mm -hmm. stuff like that yes well that'll be fun See, that menu discussion I'm looking forward to because I recently came across a chain restaurant, uh, Chili's. They offered me a Braille menu last time I went, and I realized I couldn't read it because it's contracted Braille. Most restaurants will have contracted Braille if they have a menu because most blind people who read those read contracted Braille. I, yeah, so I'm in the process of learning and getting to that point, um, and I'm excited to where I can finally do it. Yes. So that'll be fun. Um, I feel like I had another question, but I don't remember what it was. I really don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But I will say, oh, 
I do know what it was. So you talk about like labeling file folders and um, cabinets and things like that. Yes. So since we're on the topic of Braille, because we talked a lot about the technical side of Braille. Yes. Um, what about like the more human ran devices such as like the label maker? Oh, yes. Um, there is a Braille label maker. Um, it can be very helpful. Um, the way you can label your files, there's this tape that you put into the labeler. Mm-hmm. And as you punch in the letters that you want, it comes out. And even sighted people can use it. I have to admit. Um, yeah, I learned. So it kind of described the setup of the device. So it's like. It's like it's oh, a handheld device right, that yeah. has a handle on it, and on the handle is a trigger you can squeeze. Yes. But there's also a lid you can lift up to fix the tape if it gets jammed, take it out if it rolls empty, or put in a new one. Right. Um, and, and then on the other side of the device is the slot where the tape comes out, but it's surrounded by this dial you can twist. Yes. And so... At its very starting point, there's a double line that's for the scissors. Yes. And so on the inside of it is all Braille. And I got somebody to read the print that's on the like underside of the lid for me. Yes. And so it's letters A through Z. There's certain single letter like contractions. Mm-hmm. And then there's punctu- certain punctuation marks. Yes. Now, with the contractions, I'm not too terribly sure how that can be used on a braille label, but I'm aware of how punctuations can be used. Well, the contractions, like say you have something you want to label coffee. Mm -hmm. You may not want to spell out the whole word coffee. Well, you may want to put the C, then the word off of. And then F-E-E. You see? Mm. It shortens it. That is, okay. So I was like, because the ones that I remember off top are like with the and I think Mm -hmm. of is another one. Um, I don't remember the other contractions that are on there. If and of for the well, that's where you get technical because you can put, um, you can put labels on different things, say pork and beans. Mm. I didn't think about that. Um, you can put labels on different boxes um, that you might want, um, or you can braille label your, say, your work microwave to be accessible to people who. Don't read uh, print or can't see the, the print on there. That is definitely something we're going to talk about whenever we get to Braille in the Kitchen here in the next couple of episodes. Yes. I'm, oh, I'm excited for that one. <laughs> I just moved into a new apartment. I just got it labeled in Braille, like everything, the other day. And I'm so excited yes. to talk about that. Well, you know, mine. Is Braille accessible as well. <laughs> I know that now. So, um, but yes, sticking to the office, 
a lot of times you have items like people have lists of things that might be in a cabinet okay mm-hmm. like say oh this is the cabinet for tape scissors and different things like that mm-hmm. well they may put that in print on the on the door okay um, or this is where we keep all the file you know empty file folders or different oh this is where we keep the paper this is and they might label that so you're not looking for everything um, right so to make it accessible you might want to add a braille list and I guess to talk about a everyday scenario that I've seen with that mm-hmm. my old job we had vending machines in our break room oh and yes. there was bre- so if the people who stocked it put everything in the same spot every time, the list would have been accurate. But it had a list of slot A1. Let's just say it was Doritos. Mm-hmm. Like, cheesy Doritos. Slot A2, Cool Ranch Doritos. Uh, B7, I think, was like Fritos. Yeah. One of my favorite ones I got to remember <laughs> was the Snickers. Oh! <laughs> it was C9. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's another kind of like, that's if the workplace has vending machines, that's another way to make that accessible. It is. Um, and I think you would have to request that the vending machine people restock it the exact same order. The exact same order. And if they replace it, let you know, so you can update that particular label. Yes, because sometimes without thinking, um... They just restock it and not think about where they put it last mm-hmm. time. But there are vending machine people who think about those things because they work with other people who are blind. Well, see, that's the crazy part. Is where I used to work, it was like 70, 80% blind people. But the vending machine people didn't think about it. Ah. And I think it was mostly because. The cited employees, which all of HR was Mm. cited employees. And Mm. so that really hurt the advocacy of making sure things are truly accessible. Yes. Um, But I think because there was this assumption that, oh, they all go and break around the same time. There are people who can see that work here. He'll just help them. But there's not always the time for that. Right. Because, I mean, they're on break, Mm. too. And so. what about, you know, what about promoting independence? Exactly. You know, and yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that we don't need help sometimes, but the more independent we can be, the better. Mm-hmm. And the more people who can see that we're independent, the better. And so, yeah, we need help, but... If we're accommodated correctly, we won't need as much help. Of course. And so I'm all for making more people independent. (laughs) You know, that is my goal in life. Look, independence is a beautiful key to have. Yes. On your keychain of keys. It's one of those shinier ones, in my opinion. Well, yes. Very useful. 
It really is. And so the more keys that we have, mm -hmm. the better. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm thinking about Brown in the school, I'm trying to think of anything that I didn't mention or ask about. Well, I was really kind of, I went to one of the best colleges in, in, in the nation when it came to accessibility. Okay. Okay. Um, it was our disabled students services or should say resource services was the best. Um, we had the doors that you didn't have to find the button to push to open it. Mm -hmm. It would open automatically when it felt somebody coming. Oh, that is cool. Um, we had Braille on every um, door in every building. You see, the college that I went to, I remember seeing it on a lot of door signs, specifically in academic buildings and in the libraries. But I don't remember seeing it in what we call our student union, which is where like oh. housing, financial aid, uh, registrar, what's now called the Access and Accommodation Office, Career mm -hmm. Services Center. Mm -hmm. I don't remember seeing the signs with the Braille on it. It was everywhere for us. So I knew where everything, you know, everything um, was. And, and I could find it on my own. Yeah. You know, I could go in a building. Oh, I got to go meet my professor in room uh, fourth floor 458. You know, I could yeah. go I could go find that. It was not a big deal. It was great. Um, and I could do it independently. And so mm -hmm. I navigated my campus very independently. Oh, yeah. Um, what was not accommodating was like we had this um, student um, where we had food in like a food court mm -hmm. that was the only place that wasn't as accommodating i have to admit that is you see that's been something on my mind uh, since i've been on a break from college is how to recommend to major universities and really all of them how to make their food services areas more accommodating mm -hmm. i just don't know because like it's so it's it was just one big room and it had all these different places mm -hmm. that you could go. It was, it was just like a food court in a mall. Yeah. And so you would have to learn where they were. I mean, and then, you know, at one point they changed everything around, which did not help me. <laughs> it was awful. At my uh, university, they luckily never changed stuff around, mm -hmm. but there were a few of them that they took out and replaced. Um, well, they changed things around on us, and, and it's embarrassing to go into um, the Taco Bell asking for China food. <laughs> Chinese food. Yeah. You know, it was bad. I mean, the only way I can really think of to make those places accessible, like, in terms of their menus, is to have a Braille version of it. Yes. Or something that can be looked up online. Yes. That's the only thing I could think of, too. Yeah. I mean, when you think about accommodating in a, in a big space that way. This has been great. Oh, yeah. And um, I've been really enjoying this conversation. Um, Braille is one of my passions. I um, can tell. 
It's something that I utilize every day. It's something that I teach mm -hmm. um, and want more people to learn because we, it's like if we don't pass it on and don't share it and don't teach it, it's a part of us that we can lose from our culture. And yes, we have a culture. Oh, yes. And I have to say, I don't want to lose Braille from our culture. I mean, we have all kinds of things that we can keep in our culture to help us. And as we grow techno techni techni technically, <laughs> say that twice. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that ten times fast. <laughs> <laughs> technically, um, Braille does too. And I'm just amazed by how far it's come from the beginning. And it's lasted over hundreds of, over a hundred years. I mean, I heard somebody say if they didn't know Braille, they would consider themselves to be illiterate because they can't read anything at that point. Yeah. And, and that's true for a lot of people. Yeah, and that... It stuck with me because, like, it made sense. I was like, yeah, they're right. If I don't know Braille, I don't have access to books, newspapers, magazines, um, restaurant menus, and so much more information yeah. outside of what can be found on the Internet. It cuts down on your daily life. Mm -hmm. It cuts down on your social activity, too. Think about it. I mean, I like to get together and play a good, you know, card game or a good board game. Yeah. But if I can't access it, it's not fun. And that's one of the biggest struggles, too, with like accessible anything mm -hmm. is the price. Yes. I looked at an – I mean, great, we're going to talk about games and stuff next time, but – I looked at the price on a Braille Monopoly game. Close to, if not over $100. <sighs> when you can go and buy one for, a print one for practically cheap. Cheap. Like 10 bucks, 15 bucks. And then I got these specialty ones now because the college town I went to, I went and I went to a local store. I'm not going to say the name of the store. Okay. Um, and they had this section full of games. And they had a Monopoly version that specifically imitated the city. Wow. And so the places on the board you could buy the property were different places around the town. And I was like, how did they get Monopoly to swing that? That's amazing. But I bet that didn't cost $100. No, I think it was like 25 The thing of it is, is that anything that, not anything, but a lot of things that accommodate us are out of our price range. Mm -hmm. I mean, the really, the most inexpensive things out there are the playing cards. Yes. Coming in at, I think at the most, I've seen is 20 bucks for a deck. Whether it's Phase 10, Uno, Skip Bow, uh, the regular set of playing cards... Poker cards, the Kino cards, yeah. whatever. Well, I've bought some at the 
Braille Superstore mm-hmm. that have been, you know, probably on sale for 12, maybe 15. Yeah. But it's a sale. So, I mean, you can't get them any cheaper than that. <laughs> no. Well, there's free if people just hand them out at conventions and things. But they're not going to want to do that. No, they're not. They'll be quick to hand out large print for free before they hand out Braille. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. One of the... So last week we were talking about um, NFB. And I remember one of the conventions I was at. That was in Orlando. I want to say it was Delta had a booth. The airlines? Yes. And they were handing out large print decks of cards with, like, their logos and different planes that they have on it. Wow. I thought that was really funny. And how much would it take to Braille a deck of cards? So, I took it upon myself to collect at least four of those over the course of that week. (laughs) And out of the four, I think I got three of those completely brailled by hand, using a slate and stylus, by the end of that week. Wow. Now, I've done it on my Perkins. I've brailled a deck of cards. What? I have. Oh, you got to show me how to do that. It's not hard. You just need a sighted person. (laughs) (laughs) A deck of cards and a Perkins. (laughs) Well, that sounds easy enough. Yeah. We all know sighted people, don't we? They're everywhere. You can't miss them. (laughs) (laughs) But if you don't have anything else, I don't think I have any more questions or scenarios I'd like to try to gain some clarity for in terms of worker school and the use of Braille. Well, I think this has been amazing. And I can't wait to continue our talk. Oh, I can't wait for next week. I'm definitely excited to hear about games and toys. Yes. Until then, my friend. This is Sound Insights. Seeing the future for you. Thank you for listening to today's show. I really hope you enjoyed the program. Please come back next time as we continue to talk about everything accessibility. If you would like to interact with us, leave comments, or ask questions, you can sign into your Anchor account and send us a voice message, or you can comment on our posts on our blog. The link can be found in the description below. Please share us through our many platforms that we can be found on with your friends, family, and other people you think may benefit from this podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you.